Hello everyone and welcome to the Northerners Car Show. You'll listen to this on Spotify or most podcast platforms, which is our motoring-themed podcast featuring both father and son. You can also find us on YouTube to see our clips and shortened versions of the podcast. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4, I believe. Getting um, definitely professional at this, aren't we? Oh, we're amazing. Yeah, we're just like the pros. Uh, anyway... Uh, we're back as usual. Um, we're going to talk about as usual uh, cars. Mm, what were your name again? I forgot. Oh God, I'm Daryl uh, and I'm Ethan. I don't know why we need to say that. Well, everybody else does. Yeah, but that's our USP. We're not normal. Well, yeah, speak for yourself there. Shut up. Right. Um, so I thought we'd start with a car that came out in the last week, as we used to do back in the old days, when I was a lad. Yeah. When bread were bread. That was a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, I thought we'd start with the, well, the only piece of interest in uh, car news in the last week, which is the new M3 CS. BMW M3 CS. What an absolute turd. I, I, I just don't get it, man. I'll just run you some stats really quickly. So um, 542 brake, which is 39 up from standard. So essentially a, a, a little remap that you can do on your driveway. 39 up from M. Three comp. Yeah, standard. <laughs> we don't get the M3 standard, though, do we? No, we only get comp as standard. Right, so is this 39 more than the comp? Or yes, 39? comp. Right, and has the comp got more than standard? No, it might sub- be standard, because that means 503. I can't remember which one's got 503, if it's the comp or the non-comp. All right, well, carry on. Anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, 540 brake, 163.4 uh, through four-wheel drive. It's electronically limited, well, raised, I presume, to 188. Ooh. I don't know why you'd limit a car at 188. You're already incriminating yourself badly at that point. Uh, like I said, four-wheel drive. And um, are you ready for this? 20 kilos lighter than the competition. So essentially, with this car, you get 39 brake and 20 kilos less. So it weighs, what, 17... I don't know what the weight is. It, it's it's about at least 17. About 17, 60, I At think. least. Yeah. What an absolutely terrible car. Well, someone will like it. I mean, I did comment this in the car while I work Instagram yesterday. I uh, won't repeat, but I said, BMW are milking the living bleep. Daylights. Yeah, let's say um, milking the living daylights and daylights out of this M3. And someone put back, what did they put back now? It was really, like, he started going, it, it put something like, didn't the E30 have this many different variations? And I said, uh, no, because, like, the this M3, I mean, what? If you're going to class the M4 as well, which is the same car with the two models, you've got, what, non-comp, comp, Compex drive, CSL M4, CSM3, M3 Touring, M3 Touring comp. I don't know if you can get a standard M3, but that's at least, what, six or seven there, if you don't class the um, three-liter CSL, which is an M4 anyway. Yeah, you need to get out more. And then, uh, what, what did I put? I commented that's the different variations, and he put something like, um, they're, they're body styles, not models. Uh, you don't know, you clearly don't know anything about BMW's kit, go back to PlayStation. <laughs> so, um, and he had about 12 followers, and his account was uh, something like Porsche Lover or whatever. Apparently someone that's traded Porsches. So, I, what did I put now? I put, um... See, he didn't know you was a professional presenter. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, I put something back like, um... 
where did that come from? I was just I was just commenting about a car, and if I were to waste my time on on games, it'd be Xbox anyway. P.S. I was planning on selling my dad's Porsche to you, and then he never re- responded. It made him feel like we had a Porsche, just to annoy him. Oh, we got a Porsche? No. Oh. I mean the Paul's Porsche underneath. Uh, <laughs> or a Porsche to put underneath. Crikey. Anyway, um, where did we get M3 CS? £115,000 in it. Which is 35k over standard? No, I've heard 41 on Well, it depends on what spec, won't it? 41,000? What, what could you buy for that? You yeah, know? but 40k over at a car that's already well enough as it is. See, I don't get it, right? Whoever, whoever's going to buy this CX obviously thinks that a normal BMW M3 comp isn't fast enough. Well, right? I guess you could say it's just a facelift. It's a way of... You know, like whenever um, Lamborghini did that, uh, Eurus, they did the Eurus, what was it? Performante. Yeah. That's essentially just a facelift, but branded as a new model. That might be what they're doing here, because don't forget, the M3 comp has been out since when? 2020, this new generation. That's three years old now. They've already started to facelift the um, 3 Series. Didn't they want it 21? Didn't we see the unveiling at Goodwood at 21? That was the M240i. But they got an M3 below it, the green one. Yeah, but they came out in 2020. So they weren't unveiling it that day. I tell you what, that's... that's um, they were a new car to me anyway. Well, yeah, it will have been. G80 M3 so release. Whoever buys this CS is going to be taking a... For a track car, surely then. And it's nearly 1,800 kilos. Wrong place for it. It came out in uh, 2020. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but I know the... Uh, I think what they call the facelift cars for the 3 Series is the LCI. You'll see it on YouTube. They did it with the M340i. Right. And basically, the the M3 Tourings from now on are getting the LCI packs. They're getting a different um, different sort of screen. It's like all one curved display instead of a driver one and then a middly bit. Yeah, got it. So yeah, that's what you get in the facelift. I don't know where we came that. Yeah, because we said the M3 CS was a facelift, rebranded, which I think it kind of is. 150, I can't get over that. For, for well, actually, um, this brings on uh, nicely to the next thing. Considering that uh, M3's of 2020 over three years old, that means we'll start to have MRTs. Mm. And now there's been a... I don't know very much about this. You, you spoke about it. There's been a change to the MRTs, essentially. No, a proposed change to the MRT. Oh, right. Instead of uh, having the first MOT at three year, yeah. they're talking about like. making it to four year. And, yeah. and, and at first I thought, well, if you bought a new car and it were a bit of a lemon, wouldn't you rather know after three years? Yeah. But, but cars are modern enough, so maybe four years is enough. And then they're talking about Every two year instead of one year, mm. but there's some sheds out there as, w- as we well know. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe a compromise would have been better where you did four years, six year, eight year, ten year. When he gets to ten year, then, then do every one. year. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's that what I would have done. Because I mean, a twenty-five year old Corsa that's getting it every other year. Yeah, it's not only that. I mean, really old cars I mean, don't it, need MRTs, it does, yeah. do they? What is it, pre-1980? I don't know what it is, but it's I think it's mad, 1980. whatever it is. Well, that, that, that's a good point, because that would mean that your Polo and your Mazda would need an MOT every other year, which would make more sense, I believe. Cheaper, I know. It would be. Um, there's, there's also been another new change in the UK. What? This one is, um, to the disappointment of me and every other youth, essentially. Oh, I get it. Speed cameras in the UK are going to have, well, they already do in some places, they're going to have um, noise um, radars on them, whatever, noise detection. 
Oh, cameras. yeah, like a microphone. Yeah. Uh, this won't... Uh, what's not the mic on the motorway, is it? I don't know how it's, it's going <laughs> to God knows. You but did mention it. I mean, if you're yeah. driving next to a Lambo, is it going to tell you from them? Yeah. See what I mean? That's why it must be on single lane roads or double lane roads, if you get on the I back. think that's going to be very hard to enforce. Yeah, and I think it's taking the mick a little bit. I mean, it's not taking the mick as much as that uh, sign on the M1 near Meadowall. That, yeah. that really does take the biscuit. <laughs> Would you like to uh, tell us what that is? For all those that don't know, we have got on our M1 a special piece that says uh, 60 miles an hour limit for air quality reasons. Mm. When you've got Sheffield, which is notorious for its industrial history. Not only that, when you're driving north, as you drive past that section, you can see on the, on the hill on the right-hand side a factory with a huge chimney bellowing black yeah. smoke. I out. mean, Sheffield is known for its um, steel, isn't it? Uh, maybe not so much now, it, but yeah. It is. We, we, I remember studying it, and uh, actually they make more steel than ever. Oh, I didn't know that. But they'll obviously do it a lot cleaner. Then again, <laughs> the problem with that is, say if you're on, cruising on the motorway at 70, yeah, and then you have to slow down to 60 miles an hour, what happens if you're in a Tesla? Are you emitting anything? Uh, no. Exactly. But you may do less mile to the gallon, meaning you charge... More frequently, use more electric. They might be looking at it like that. No. See what I mean? No, it's air quality, not consumption. It's a uh, 60 miles an hour for consumption. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never thought of it like that. That is daft. Mm. It's always really stupid as well. Mm. Like, I, I don't understand why you'd... That's another thing about smart motorways, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and don't forget, when Liz Truss was... Uh, on about be- becoming Prime Minister. For 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. She did mention, I don't know if you remember, she did murmur about bringing the speed limit up to, up 80. to 80 miles an hour. Well, I read something today that they're toying with the idea of lowering it to 64. Well, after what I saw uh, this afternoon, they're probably right. Why? Because me and uh, Nana Northerner went for a, a little bit of a drive this afternoon. Did over, you? Over the back road. We went somewhere. We went over the back road, and I'm not kidding you now, you know which road I'm on about, past the local pub, the windy yeah. bit, yeah. and a car came over the top, and I swear they were doing 80, 90 miles an hour. What car were you in? Uh, I'll tell you later. And Why, is I, it someone we know? No, 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 thankfully not. And when I Why looked in the us? mirror... Why can't you tell us? When I looked in the mirror, uh, the car that passed us going the other way, he, he went round it on a blind bend, full whack. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Jeez. So... Um, so maybe 60 miles an hour is better. Yeah, but some. motorway. Not on the... Well... You're never going to catch anyone... You'll catch them on the motorway doing that, but you won't catch them on a B-road. Well, we need... Anyway, we, uh, well. this... It says MPs consider 64 mile an hour national speed limit. Oh, national speed limit. So does that mean... Oh, here we go. 64 miles an hour national speed limit on motorways and dual carriageways in the UK. Essentially, that's 10 kilometres less. So in kilometres, it'll make more sense when you look at it on a speedo. But considering all we do in this country is do miles an hour, that's making it oddly annoying, making it 64, because no one's going to look at it. You know, especially if you've not got a um, a digital readout. And also, it says that uh, the T and E, which is transport, transport and environment, maybe, possibly, uh, also recommends having car-free Sundays in large cities. Mm. So what, they're going to just ban cars on Sundays? I have no... <laughs> Can you imagine that going down well anywhere? Right, I'm just going to have a quick look. 
And I mean anywhere. Not to mention they brought in Spark Motorways and got rid of the hard shoulder. Yeah. That was maybe the stupidest thing you could have yeah. ever done. You might as well get a gun and point was it that at done by? Was that done by this current party we've got in a minute, so Conservatives? Uh, I don't know when it was started, but they've stopped it, haven't they? They've kind of like... Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, they've halted it because oh. people are getting killed on that stretch. You know that uh, air quality thing? Some guy got uh, sadly killed on that stretch. All right. Yeah. Um, T&E also recommends having car-free Sundays in large cities. Mayor of London has previously held individual car-free days in the British capital. Others suggest measures include reducing the price of public transport as well as incentives, uh, incentivizing walking and cycling. Car-sharing schemes are also encouraged, along with nighttime train services to airports. Right. No one likes cars, do they? <laughs> I think there's only me and you left. Well, along with a few others. And anybody else that's listening? Yeah, all, uh, all a thousand of them. Yeah, Ooh, up to a thousand already, I can't believe it. Anyway, so uh, enough of the motorway bashing. Yeah, we uh, do in fact have our usual question to introduce our second half topic, which I'm not going to tell you that. But um, would you, I don't actually know the question? I'm trying to remember what it was. What was it 2005 what, US what? In, in in the world of Formula One? How many cars completed the 2005 USA Grand Prix? Yeah, there's a little um, thing behind that because it was a little bit interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at uh, Indianapolis, if if that makes any difference. And it was also, was it by any chance the hottest race on calendar? Uh, Let me just have a quick I look. I can't remember. 2005 USA GP. I'll leave that for the second half. Fair enough. Uh, in that case, uh, we'll see you in the second half and don't Google the answer like I am. Yeah, no point. Right, did a bit. Ta ra. <laughs> Well, we've still got two minutes left. We are back. Let's see if you got the question right. So, uh, the US Grand Prix in 2005 at Indianapolis. Essentially, it was a bit of a um, a, a very interesting show, wasn't it? Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it's one of the most uh, notorious races of all time in, in F1. And anybody who knows F1 will, will probably know this. Six cars finished that race. Mm, six cars. Or six cars started that race. Well, six cars started, six cars finished. Every yeah. car that started, finished. And that's uh, quite rare, isn't it? And that was because of the tyres, weren't it? It was Bridgestone and Michelin, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Let me just um, have a quick... It was one day after your birthday. This. Was it? Yeah. Right. Uh, let me just have a quick look. Happy birthday. <laughs> Following several tyre failures before the race, major incidents, situations. Basically, Michelin couldn't provide a tyre that could do oh, a certain go. corner. Out of the 20 cars that entered the race, only six cars from teams using Bridgestone tyres, Ferrari, Jordan and Minardi, completed. The remaining 14 entrants, all using Michelin tyres, completed the formation lap but retired to the pit lane before the race started. Mm. You imagine... Bonkers. Being in the grandstand and, ooh, we're having a race, and then 14 Six of them. Six of them, yeah. Um, Michael Schumacher won it, uh, Barrichello finishing second. As if we couldn't guess that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Schumacher, this brings us on to our second half topic. We're basically just going to talk about F1 for a bit. Oh, are we? <laughs> I don't yeah. know much about it. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I don't know what the details are, what well, you would have... You know, let's start with Schumacher, if you want. Well, you could have started with that race, really, because we don't know. I, I mean, they, they proposed, they tried to get in a, a chicane on that bend. Right. right? And Max Mosley and, oh, and whoever said, we can't change the track. It's up to it's your fault for not being able to bring the it right says equipment. It, the FIA, the sp governing, uh, obviously the uh, governing body, refused a compromise proposed by Michelin to allow a chicane to be installed, maintaining that such rule would uh, changes would be grossly unfair to the Bridgestone Shod teams. So basically, Michelin want yeah because if you think about it, the track there's a obviously the bank corner, that's a lot of temperature in your tyres, and they want I presume they wanted a chicane in there somewhere to help with the tyres. They'd had two accidents. They were on their reserve driver one at T. The accidents were uh, Ralph Schumacher in his Toyota and um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we'll never know this, but we could have lost the driver that weekend. We could have lost Schumacher. You, you could, you could and either Schumacher's. It. You could have looked at it that way. You know what I mean? Mm. But uh, I'm just glad I weren't there. I heard they were throwing beer cans and everything at them. Right. The track. That's interesting. And when they've gone to the podium, they've kind of like, get it out and got off. Funnily enough, um, Ferrari weren't even at top of qualifying. Oh. Toyota, McLaren, Mercedes, BAR Honda, Renault, then it was Michael Schumacher's Ferrari in P5. So that tells you that the Bridgestone tyres last the Michelin's work better no the michelins are faster the bridgestones lasted i think Yano truly were on the pole if i remember yep, right. for toyota mm. out qualifying kimi raikkonen jensen button um and then obviously a million other drivers mm. uh but that yeah speaking of schumacher um i know you're not a biggest fan of him are you he, he just got it made the sport a little bit more boring than it needed for to a be. considerable amount of time yeah he also, um, I could go on for Schumacher for some time. I think I have in the past on this podcast, mm. but uh, I don't like him. You don't? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a good driver, yeah? Up there with the best of all time. But just the little things that he did, just, I mean, don't get me wrong, Senna was an absolute moron at times. Like, he could, he'd happily, I'd say happily, but I watched a Senna documentary yesterday, actually. And if you listen to Senna, it wasn't like revenge for the season before. You know when he took out Prost at Japan? Yeah, he, he wanted yeah. to be on the outside of the track, and he came up alongside. Um, and Prost was obviously coming along, and Senna just piled her of him. But then again, Senna did say in the interview, like, Prost should know. If there's a gap, I'm not backing out. So, to be honest, and that's when his famous quote came in, if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're ah, no longer a racing driver. It. Guess who said that? Jackie Stewart. Jackie Stewart was on the other end of the mic, slandering him. Right. I watched it yesterday. It was full on going in on him. Oh. And then, um, because he was like, well, you know as well as I do that motorsport, even that nowadays, back then, is, is dangerous. Um, and then Senna was like, you know this very well, Jackie. We're designed to race and we'll go for anything to win. Like, no one wants to race to come fifth, do they? No. Nobody in the right mind wants to do no, that. They want to win races. But they've got to be realistic. Yeah. Uh, it's not like a Williams is going to win, is it? No, not any time soon, no. Speaking of Williams, Sandra off Williams, didn't he? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Just 
Gotta drive for somebody. Well, I mean, yeah. Because don't forget, the McLaren was at its peak from, what, 88 until 91. And then Williams came in in 92 when Mansell won it with all the traction control, launch control, the adaptive suspension. Do you even know about this? Some of, because Williams were once a great team. This is this Hard is the area that I'm on about. Yeah. So in 92 they did that, 93 they were exactly the same. Prost won it in 93, I think. Did he? Can't remember. Because Prost and, uh, yeah, Prost and Damon drove in 93. We'll get on to Damon in a minute. Uh, yeah, they drove in 93 then. Yeah, because he won it in 93, Prost, and then retired, and Senna came in that spot right. alongside Damon. Got it. The problem is, in that 94 season, you know all the uh, things that made the William quick, all the um, all the technology? They banned it. So essentially, Senna was driving a car that was meant to have all this in, that had been ripped out, that was then just a mix of like weirdness without its help. And then McLaren again, what he'd been trying to keep up with the Williams for so long, has then gotten back to its former glory and he's missed out then you could argue that he's trying you know trying too hard to get that Williams back to where it were a lot of pressure and then he's obviously fallen under it and crashed or whatever I've said before what on this podcast actually what I think happened at that race mm, yeah which was down to uh, Benetton and therefore involved with Schumacher's cheating we'll never know we won't but um, Not for sure. what you can say is is after the Senna's race um, the FIA ordered that Williams, McLaren and Benetton all submit their onboard computer systems and all the data they have. Telemetry data, yeah. So uh, Williams did it straight away. I think they had something embedded but couldn't access it and could prove they couldn't access it. No, that was McLaren. I think Williams were fine. Williams gave their straight away, they were fine. McLaren had something like automatic downshifts that was banned but they could prove they couldn't activate it. What did Benetton do? They just didn't send it. <laughs> they postponed it for months on months and didn't send it. Right. And when they sent it, there was so many things in there, I believe. I know launch control was in there. And they found out that um, through a series of buttons pressed on the steering wheel before the start, you could access it. Oh. And this is what I think happened. This launch control cocked up in Imola with, with the Benetton, gets crashed into, leaves the debris, sends the, the debris goes into the barrier because they've punched it. That's my, that's my thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so more on the, the Schumacher and Hill. Now, uh, I, uh, I quite like Damon Hill. We've seen him uh, twice at Goodwood, haven't we? Yeah. And I haven't got autographer. I ain't got close to him no. either time. No. He, he just couldn't move. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say is, is um, you know what, let's, let's just do this. Who's your favourite driver? Name, name three. You don't have to order them. Your favourite three. You don't have to go one, two, three. Just say three. Uh, Prost. Prost? Yeah. It, it was a mathematician. I'm, he, I'm leaving. It, I'm leaving. Shut up. I it, can't, you've never said this before. If, if he, if he could, uh, at the time, if he, if he could win a, a title by being second all year. He'd only come second. Mm. I know. I, I mean, I guess that's, that. And they nicknamed him, uh, the professor as they far did. as I remember. So who's your other two then? Uh, probably, uh. James Hunt. What are him on Nicky Lauda? The complete opposite of um, Prost. Who had the uh, John Player special? Right? James Hunt. No, that one then. The oh, black, it? No, the black no, that one was with the gold writing. Fittipaldi. Right. I used to love that library. Oh, did Hunt? I'm sure Hunt drove for Lotus. One minute. Just uh, carry on entertaining the And number audit. three. Ooh, who could we have for a number three? Uh, probably none of the 
current ones, it's a bit boring, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, let me just have a quick look. McLaren. Ooh. Hesketh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that from the film. McLaren, yeah, Rush, the film. There's supposedly an F1 film coming soon, isn't there? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. No, he didn't drive Lotus, that was Fittipaldi. Right, probably Senna for the third one. Right, my three. Senna, obviously. Uh, louder, because I like the way that James Hunt was like the brash, like almost moron, in effect, what he's portrayed in the film. And Nicky Lauder was the one that kept on the road and, you know, kept consistent mm. and like calculated, like, so we prost. And then my third driver would be Damon Hill. Damon Hill. He's nowhere near the best. I Well, similar to Charles Leclerc in that on his day, Damon could outperform Schumacher, but there wasn't many occasions when he got the chance or accessed that ability. Same with Charles Leclerc. I think if you look at some of the qualifying something during the last season, he was Paul. But Verstappen could keep it. Yeah. And uh, and Leclerc would throw it away. That does bring me on back to Schumacher, kind of, with Damon Hill. That um, 94 was, I think, one of the worst things that ever happened in motorsport. You don't remember that, don't you? Adelaide, where... Uh, Damon went up the inside and Schumacher drove into him, put him in, both them to the barrier. Well, Schumacher bounced off him into the barrier. Damon had damaged suspension, couldn't carry on, and Schumacher won the title. Right, can't remember that. that that's Slept bad. Then, then uh, obviously, Schumacher tried it again with Jack Villeneuve in 97. 97. Good grief. Um, How do you remember that? You were minus nine. <laughs> I just do. Uh, Jack Villeneuve went up the inside and uh, Schumacher drove into him, tried to get the same bit of suspension he did on Damon, bounced off into a barrier and Jack Villeneuve carried on. And then uh, Martin Brundle on the commentary said, you hit the wrong part of him, Michael. <laughs> it's all in the film, in the Schumacher film. Got it. That's where I know it all from. Um, and then after that, well, I, I don't really know much about Schumacher after 97, you know more because you that, watched that him. Was, that was a beauty. The one where Barry Kello tried to go and uh, passed him on the start finish and he shoved him out and he went on the grass. Mm. straight between the grass and the barrier right and if you get the photo that's right spa, isn't it? it's i can't remember that's what it... spa's like there's a little bit of grass barrier uh, it will have been spa uh but either what was way it? What, are we on about again barry kello and uh it's the bravest overtake i've ever seen i've never seen one like it rubens barry kello overtake on schumacher and schumacher more or less tried to off him or thereabouts. Uh, but, uh, we may we may find that. There's, qu may, there's quite a few. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then um, I think we'll stop with the Schumacher bashing for a little bit. Uh, well, you will, yeah. Yeah, um, I think what I've I've wrote down earlier some notes uh, like the key rivalries in F1. So you got Lauder Hunt, Senna Prost, Schumacher Hill. Then I also put Verstappen Hamilton. I think it's the new version. Oh, of it's it. up there, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's the. I see it as Hamilton is Prost and Verstappen is Senna. Hamilton's the older one, the more calculated one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Verstappen's the brash Senna that'll do anything and, you know, take whoever out, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously the younger one. Uh, what else have I got on here? I've cool. got the Senna documentary, which I mentioned, the Rush film, which we mentioned. Mm. Um, have you got a favourite track? I've got a favourite track that I hate. <laughs> so most hated track. Monaco, without a doubt. See, I awful. like it. Awful. I like the history. I like the ability it takes to get a car around there without cocking it up for 70 laps. 
that looks is nice some serious skill. Although it needs widening. I don't know, you can't do that because it's a street and there's people's houses next to it. Yeah. My favourite track would be Imola. Right. Despite mm. the obvious, because um, it's a very fun track to drive. Like, really fun. I'm only basing this off what I drive in simulators, because that's... Is it on any of the recent F1 games? It's in the, yeah. In the new one? Yeah. All oh, right. So, yeah, that would be my favourite. Um, and I think, well, we do have one topic that we could touch on at a later date. Catalonia would be my favourite. I hate that track. Because it's been in Forza and I'm just, like, used I to it. I hate Catalonia so much because of the amount of times I've driven on it. I can't stand it. Um, but my final thing I will say is, uh, what is actually the greatest driver? Regardless of favouritism, who's the greatest driver? <sighs> it's Lewis Hamilton. What, are you talking like, um... I'm just talking greatest driver. Forget bias. Who's the best of all time? Not well, in your opinion. Well, it's Hamilton because we we saw that video on YouTube, didn't we? Mm. Every every race from 1950, everyone gets yeah. graded all on on as they as they are today mm. on their point system, and mm. they put it all up. Mm. Uh, the the, the some or other guys on on YouTube. And, and and Hamilton came along the top. Hamilton yeah, and yes. Schumacher. As much as I'm not a big fan, it's Hamilton. Then Schumacher. Then probably Jim Clark or something like that. But don't forget, nowadays, uh, things are safer. So you're more likely to have a longer run. Mm. Whereas in the 80s... Durability. You weren't, you weren't guaranteed to live, live. And then Jim Clark in the 60s where someone got killed every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that brings our F1 chat to an end. Uh, and therefore this podcast. Yep. So we'll see you next Friday. Um, have a good week, I guess. Yeah, don't be late. Yeah, see you in a bit. Ta-ra.